Hello, 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 and welcome to Capital Musings, the NCDF podcast where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor in the 46 least developed countries. I'm Eduardo Tanchoni, your host, and you can find Capital Musings on your preferred streaming platform or directly on our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. The theme of this season is the road to Doha, in line with the fifth UN conference for the least developed countries. Its first section, its first part, was held last March in New York, where the Doha Programme of Action was officially adopted. Through this mini-series, Deciphering Doha, we have been walking through the entire Doha Programme of Action together to see what elements, what actions, what commitments and what priorities the LDCs, as well as the international community at large, have made in order to support the LDCs reach the Sustainable Development Goals or the 2030 Agenda by 2030. In the previous episode of Deciphering Doha, we looked at the first half of the sixth and last chapter of the Doha Programme of Action around mobilizing international solidarity, reinvigorated global partnerships and innovative tools a march towards sustainable graduation. And today we're going to finishing up on this chapter and look through the other elements that, w- that the Doha Programme of Action highlights when it comes to how, where, when and through which means we shall be mobilizing international solidarity to serve those in need in the list of our countries. Another key focus area of this chapter is around debt sustainability and debt cancellation initiative for improved and transparent debt architecture. This is something that has been really, really discussed from the international community and the international financing institutions, IFIs, especially in relation to the COVID-19 pandemic and responding to it. So let's see what the Doha Programme of Action says on this account. Member states note with concern that the stock of debt and debt service payment obligations of LDCs increased significantly over the past decade. Total debt service increased from an average of 5% of exports of goods and services in 2011 to 13% in 2019. In February 2021, four least developed countries were classified as in debt distress while the number of least developed countries at high risk of debt distress increased to 16. Over the past decade, the composition of debt of LDCs changed considerably towards less concessional finance. That's why the Doha Programme of Action welcomes the measures adopted in 2020 by the G20 and the Paris Club, namely the Debt Service Suspension Initiatives, which aimed at facilitating higher COVID-19 pandemic-related spending, as well as the common framework for debt treatments beyond the debt service suspension initiatives. All in all, this facilitated timely and orderly debt treatment on a case-by-case basis with broad participation of all creditors on comparable terms, including the private sector, in line with the comparability of treatment principle. When it comes to targets, the Doha Programme of Action aims to address the debt distress of LDCs by 2025 
and provide coordinated and appropriate debt solutions in a timely manner to all LDCs that face debt vulnerabilities or in debt distress in order to work towards sustainable debt levels in all LDCs. Let's see the commitments of the international community. Member states will commit to assisting the least developed countries in attaining long-term debt sustainability through coordinated policies, which are going to be aiming at fostering adequate debt financing, debt relief, debt restructuring, and sound debt management. This will also ensure that debt relief does not detract from ODA resources intended to be available for the least developed countries. There's therefore an encouragement on AIMF, the International Monetary Fund, to conduct in-depth reviews of LDC's external debt, effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on LDC debt servicing capacity, and possible policy options at the national and international levels to effectively address the external debt problems of LDCs. Member states therefore commit to continuing to enhance efforts to increase support for institutional capacity development in LDCs. This is deemed as a critical enabler to enhancing sustainable upstream and downstream debt management, which is an integral part of national development strategies, including by promoting transparent and accountable debt management systems and negotiation and renegotiation capacities, as well as by supporting legal advice in relation to addressing external debt litigation and debt and data reconciliation between creditors and debtors. Therefore, the Doha Programme of Action refers to the Common Framework for Debt Treatments Beyond the Debt Service Suspension Initiative, and this is deemed as necessary in a way that debt sustainability may be achieved and maintained going forward. The Doha Programme of Action, therefore, invites official creditors, including international financial institutions or IFIs, to consider exploring the inclusion of state contingent clauses in public debt contracts to enable standstills in times of crisis, as well as provide an example for private markets, including for granting a suspension of debt service. In parallel, there's also an invitation upon creditors and debtors to further explore where appropriate and a mutually agreed, transparent in case-by-case basis, the use of debt instruments such as debt swap initiatives for sustainable development and climate action. This is something that we also see in other countries in special situations, like the small island developing states. And it is also an element that is presented in the Samoa pathway to look into how we could increase financing and we could less the burden on external vulnerabilities and debt vulnerabilities that entered within these countries within special situations and how to help them graduate and move forward towards sustainable development. Moving on, another key focus area relates to remittances. Remittances to LDCs increased significantly over the past decade, but declined in 2020 owing to COVID-19. At the same time, the costs of remittances to LDCs have remained disproportionately high. What are the targets? 
By 2030, reduced to less than 3% the transaction costs of migrant remittances and eliminate remittance corridors with costs higher than 5%. Member states therefore commit to working to improving access to and the use of quality of financial services to lower the cost of remittances to LDCs and welcome international action such as the Global Forum on Remittances and Development led by the International Fund for Agricultural Development and the Global Partnership for Financial Inclusion with the objective of improving the flow and reducing the cost of remittances. Member states also commit to providing accessible information on remittance transfer costs, including foreign exchange margins by provider and channel, such as through comparison websites, in order to increase transparency and competition in the remittance transfer market. This will help promote the financial literacy and inclusion of migrants and their families through education and training. Member states decide to support incentive programs to ensure that remittances are used for long-term investment in productive capacity development in least developed countries, such as micro, small and medium-sized enterprises, and ensure that women and men are engaged as equal partners and beneficiaries. Member states will also support efforts to more easily link remittances to other financial services, such as savings, credit, insurance and pensions, all of which can expand financial health and strengthen resilience to shocks and setbacks for migrants and their families. When it comes to remittances, we truly invite you to look into our flagship program on remittances, where we apply our financial inclusion and inclusive digital economies expertise to not only show how remittances work, how lowering transaction costs can really help boost up sustainable development pathways in LDCs, as well as by and through global programs, can we really achieve sustainable development together? And uh, the importance of South-South exchanges and peer learning when it comes to these means that can provide the important liquidity to boost up economic development, especially at the local level. Moving on, on another key focus area, which relates to the support measures to graduating and graduated least developed countries to make graduation sustainable and irreversible. And the Doha Programme of Action talks about the extension of international support measures to make sure that this level of sustainability and irreversibility is kept for all LDCs that graduate from this status. The Doha Programme of Action recognizes with appreciation that four countries have graduated since 2011, another four have been designated to graduate by 2024, and 12 others have met the graduation criteria at least once. Nonetheless, most graduating least developed countries face a multitude of challenges, including poverty inequalities, particular gender inequality, inadequate structural transformation and productive capacity, and vulnerability to economic and climatic shocks. Member states, therefore, are concerned by the simultaneous loss of LDC country-specific support measures compounded by the negative social and economic impacts of the COVID-19 crisis. 
Member States further note that the Committee for Development Policy, or CDP, has found that a five-year preparatory period is necessary for all countries recommended for graduation at the 2021 Triennial Review to effectively prepare for a smooth transition. Given that these countries will need to prepare for graduation while planning for a post-COVID-19 recovery and implementing policies and strategies to reverse the economic and social damages incurred as a result of the COVID-19 shock. The Doha Programme Action encourages the CDP, Committee for Development Policy, to continue engaging with graduating countries and countries recently graduated from the least developed country category so that the full extent of socioeconomic impacts of COVID-19 are understood in line with the work of the Committee on Sustainable Development and Resilient Recovery from the pandemic. Therefore, the Doha Programme Watch aims to ensure an incentive-based international support structure to graduating and graduated least developed countries, including support for their smooth transition from development and trading partners, as well as the United Nations systems, to make graduation sustainable and ensure post-graduation development momentum and the achievement of the SDGs. What are the targets? Enabling 15 additional LDCs to meet the criteria for graduation by 2031, improving the scope where necessary and the use of smooth transition measures and incentives for all graduating LDCs, and lastly, provide specific support measures to recently graduated countries for making the graduation sustainable and irreversible. Member States commit to emphasizing that a successful transition out of the LDC category needs to be based on a national smooth transition strategy formulated by each graduating country. The Doha Programme of Action urges development and trading partners and the UN system at large to continue their support for the implementation of smooth transition strategies so as to avoid any abrupt reductions in either ODA, special and differential treatments, aid for trade or other technical and financial assistance. This includes the need for improved planning and coordination of transition finance by ODA providers during both the preparatory period as well as the post-graduation phase. No country graduating from the LDC category should have its development progress disrupted or reversed. The Doha Programme of Action is very clear on this and welcomes the United Nations graduation process, helping to ensure that no graduation country as its special and differential treatment measures and exemptions reduce abruptly. The Delha Programme of Action therefore invites development and trading partners to consider extending to the graduated country trade preferences previously made available as a result of the LDC status or reducing them in a phased manner in order to avoid the abrupt reduction. The DPOA notes that the group of LDCs put forward various proposals at the WTO pertaining to trade-related challenges and those related to the smooth transition of the countries graduating from the LDC category and seek to further examine those issues. The DPOA calls upon the development partners to continue to provide, as appropriate, special climate change-related finance 
and technological support to graduated countries to support action towards the achievement of the goals of the Paris Agreement and for a period consistent with their vulnerabilities, sustainable development needs and other national circumstances and emerging challenges. LDC and development partners aim to integrate graduation and smooth transition strategies into their national development and aid strategies, including capacity development and technical assistance to diversify sources of financing, including blended finance and private finance. We've talked about it extensively, and I hope you know where to look at when it comes to blended finance and catalyzing private investments to LDCs. You can see more about that either on the other episodes of Deciphering Doha or directly on our website, uncdf.org. The DPOA recognizes that graduating countries face major challenges in addressing the social and economic consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic and of disasters, therefore encourages the integration of DRR, or disaster risk reduction, into the smooth transition strategies of graduating countries. This will help promote the sustainability of development progress, including the impact assessment of the likely consequences of graduation and the vulnerability profiles. The DPOA recognizes the need for enhanced support to countries before and after graduation through appropriate, predictable, additional and demand-driven incentives and support measures, including technical assistance. This will help prepare and implement a smooth transition strategy through capacity development and identification of support needs. Legal assistance. This will help negotiate market access after trade preferences that are granted on the basis of LDC status and availability of creative ratings and risk management measures. This will include through the Multilateral Investment Guarantee Agency. Additional technical assistance to negotiate market access of the trade preferences that are granted based on LDC status and technical assistance again to build and strengthen intellectual property rights systems of LDCs because this will enable them to comply with obligations related to intellectual property after graduation. Extending access to dedicated funds for addressing adverse impacts of climate change and vertical funds, such as the Gavi Alliance, a for trade and Technology Bank for the least developed countries, for graduated countries, for a fixed period and a predictable manner. The DPOA welcomes the work of the Interagency Task Force on LDC graduation, led by the Office of the High Representative for the Least Developed Countries, Landlocked Developing Countries and Small Island Developing States, or OHRLLS, to provide strengthen and coordinate the UN system-wide support to the countries graduating from the LDC category and invites the office to advocate for appropriate, predictable and additional incentives and support measures for graduating and recently graduated countries. This will help mobilize additional international support for the implementation of the smooth transition strategies we talked thus far. The UN entities at large are therefore invited to collaborate under these task force and develop operational guidelines for their support to LDCs, including assistance to graduating countries. The DPOA welcomes the establishment of a sustainable graduation support facility by the Office of the High Representative for LDC, LLDCs and SITs, OHRLS, as chair of the Interagency Task Force on LDC Graduation, as well as the DESA, the Department of Economic and Social Affairs, as the Secretariat for the Committee for Development Policy. 
This is a concrete, country-led solution of dedicated capacity development support. The DPOA therefore calls upon member states to support this initiative, as it will help strengthen coordinated, coherent UN system support and bring together country-specific integrated graduation-related advisory and capacity development services responding directly to the concerns of member states regarding graduation, as well as serving as a repository and clearinghouse of initiatives and projects pursued in support of these countries. The DPOA calls for a monitoring mechanism that is responsive to emerging crises and that better links monitoring to specific support, including possible extensions of the preparatory period. Enhanced monitoring by the CDP or Committee for Development Policy should include the establishment of a crisis response process within the monitoring mechanism, as it will help react to crises and emergencies occurring during the annual monitoring cycle. The mobilization of the existing crisis management expertise of the UN system and other international entities, utilizing the convening power of OHRLLS, both in case of crisis and regular monitoring. The expansion of coverage of annual monitoring reports and the preparation process. The DPOA calls upon the Committee for Development Policy, or CDP, to continue due consultations with LDCs and countries recently graduated from the status and category while conducting the triannual reviews of the list of LDCs, as well as monitoring the countries that are graduating and are graduated from the list, requesting the committee to include in this consultation those LDCs whose graduation may have been deferred. Another area of focus is the availability and use of data. This could not be more important. There's an overall concern that many LDCs lack quality data to measure and track progress in the goals and targets of the IPOA and SDG. The average statistical capacity indicator score increased from 56.4 in 2011 to 58.0 in 2019, but remains below the world average of 64. COVID-19 has illustrated vividly how crucial reliable data are for policymaking, and inclusive data is necessary to gauge the differential impacts of the pandemic and address its economic and social effects, especially for people in vulnerable situations. The target is very simple to significantly increase the availability of high-quality, timely, reliable, and disaggregated data. How are we going to be doing it? By strengthening traditional data sources, such as surveys and administrative records, and strengthen efforts in general to collect, analyze, and disseminate high-quality, accessible, reliable data that will help us improve the monitoring and policymaking to implement not only the 2030 Agenda, but also look through the implementation of this Doha program of action. The member states therefore commit to providing financial support in order to reach this endeavour and boost up the capabilities of national statistical offices. Therefore recognises that modernising population data systems for improving civil registration and vital statistics systems and geospatial information sources must be a priority to prepare for future disasters and make progress on achieving the SDGs. Now, how are we 
going to implement, follow up, and monitor this Doha program of action. Mechanisms are of the essence to pursue those three different elements of implementation, follow-up, and monitoring. But these need to be adapted to the local needs and need to be fit for purpose at the national, sub-regional, regional, and global levels. This is crucial for a successful implementation of the Doha program of action. So those mechanisms need to be mutually complementary and reinforcing. Therefore, necessary steps need to be undertaken to ensure mutual accountability of LDCs and their development partners for delivering on the commitments made under this DPOA. The national level arrangements are particularly important given that the DPOA is owned and led by the LDCs themselves. So at the national level, each LDC government should develop an ambitious national implementation strategy regarding the DPOA and integrate the provision of the POA into its national policies and development, as well as for the UN country teams and UN family at large in the cooperation frameworks. This would then be followed up by the conduct of regular country-led and country-driven reviews with the full involvement of all key stakeholders. Therefore, pre-existing mechanisms like cooperation frameworks, national determined contributions, as well as additional existing consultative mechanisms should be broadened to cover the review of the DPOA so that this could be mutually reinforcing and not mutually exclusive. This overall support towards implementation of the DPOA should be undertaken in a concerted fashion with the support of the World Bank Group and other international financial and development institutions to integrate the DPOA into their strategic plans and annual work programs and porting at all levels. And on the least developed country side, to being assisted by the development system and UN development system at large to mainstream the DPOA fully into the development planning at country level. RCs, the resident coordinators and UN country teams, as well as the representatives of the World Bank Group, IMF and other multilateral institutions, are encouraged and invited to collaborate further with and provide support to national follow-up and monitoring. In line with the principles of development cooperation effectiveness, development partners should support agreed objectives and policies designed by the LDCs on the basis of the DPOA that are integrated into existing national development cooperation frameworks. And regional commissions of the UN and agencies should undertake biannual reviews of the implementation of the DPOA in close coordination and cooperation with development banks and other internet governmental organizations. At the global level, lastly, the implementation and monitoring mechanisms established after the IPOA or the Istanbul Program of Action should be strengthened and improved with a view to ensuring timely and effective follow-up of the implementation of the DPOA, including for better stock-taking of policies and measures at the national, regional and sectoral levels. Effective linkages need to be maintained and strengthened with the follow-up and review arrangements of all relevant UN conferences, processes and frameworks, including the 2030 Agenda, the Addis Ababa Action Agenda, the Paris Agreement and the Sandai Framework for Disaster Risk Reduction. The General Assembly and the Economic and Social Council, as well as high-level political forum on sustainable development, are invited to devote adequate time to discuss 
the Sustainable Development Challenge is facing the LDCs in order to announce engagement and implement commitment. ECOSOG is invited to continue to include periodically an agenda item during its annual substantive session on the review and coordination of implementation of the DPOA. And the General Assembly and ECOSOG should conduct annual reviews of the progress made in the implementation of the said program of action. Governing bodies of the UN funds and programs and other multilateral organizations are invited to contribute to the implementation of the DPOA and integrate it into the work programs. The Secretary General is requested to ensure the full mobilization and coordination of all parts of the UN system to facilitate coordinated implementation and coherence in the follow-up and monitoring of the DPOA and coordination mechanisms available like the CEB or the Chief Executive Board for Coordination of the UN System, the UN Development Group, should be broadly utilized and should be kept active like the interagency consultative group for LDCs in this regard. Collaboration under interagency consultative group is of the essence to develop operational guidelines for their support to countries in conflict and post-conflict situation. OHRLLS is invited to prepare a comprehensive roadmap for the accelerated implementation of the DPOA by identifying specific roles and responsibilities of various stakeholders this with a view to ensuring that the commitments in favor of LDCs lead to concrete deliverables that will facilitate implementation of the program of action and help LDCs achieve the SDGs. OHRLS should strengthen its function to undertake the following. Assist the SG, the Secretary General, in the systematic and effective follow-up and monitoring of the implementation of the DPOA, full mobilization and coordination of parts of the UN system, assist in mobilizing international support and resources, strengthen its awareness-raising and advocacy work in favor of LDCs, undertake research and analytical work to provide substantive support to LDCs in group consultation and their participation in other intergovernmental meetings and conferences. The OHRLS as well will continue to be responsible for coordinated substantive support to the global review of the Doha Programme of Action including through the follow-up on action taken at the national level based on inputs from government, United Nations system agencies, civil society organization and other relevant stakeholders, monitoring sectoral policy developments, maintaining substantive contact with UN system, uh, as well as resident coordinators in LDCs, assist the Secretary General in supporting LDCs, and lastly, support follow-up by LDCs at a global and sectoral levels. OHRLS will continue to monitor international policy developments of relevance to LDCs, including the outcomes of major global conferences, and carry out relevant advocacy efforts aimed at the effective and timely implementation of the DPOA. The network of national focal points of LDCs established by the OHRLS is well noted, and the convening of meetings of the national focal points on a regular basis. Those designated by the LDCs are heavily involved in the localization of the IPOA and SDGs, and this should be pursued also for the DPOA and SDGs. And support to mainstreaming it into national development process should be pursued, as well as the implementation and follow-up, network among peers, etc., etc., to ensure effective implementation of the functions of the OHRLLS and strengthening its capabilities, the Secretary General is requested to prepare a report in consultation with our member states 
and agencies, funds and programs and regional commissions to take into account the work done by the UN system and to submit it with recommendation to the General Assembly for its consideration at the 77th session of the General Assembly. The UNCTAD should continue to address the challenges faced by LDCs for the conduct of intergovernmental consensus building, especially through the Trade and Development Board, and the General Assembly is invited to consider conducting a comprehensive high-level midterm review of the implementation of the Doha Programme of Action in 2026. The Assembly is also invited to consider, in 2031, a sixth UN conference on the least developed countries in order to make a comprehensive appraisal of the implementation of the Programme of Action and to decide on subsequent action. This is the end of the Deciphering Doha mini-series, but also the road to Doha. The first half of it, let's say. As you know, the second half of the LDC 5 is going to be held in Doha, Qatar in March 2023. But for now, we will take a break on the series. And because we have been together for quite some time, we've talked about it extensively. It's been many, many months and we're really, really grateful for all of you guys that have been with us thus far. And we will change things up for a bit. We will uh, start working also on other important elements and important sectors, initiatives, priorities that are still ancient within the specificities and uniqueness of LDCs so that we can bring the conversation forward, raise awareness on other possible solutions that we can bring to the table for LDCs to strive and to reach their full potential. This is Eduardo Tancioni. You have listened to The Road to Doha and Capital Musings. You can find it on our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org, or on your preferred streaming platform, Spotify, iTunes. If you liked this episode, please give it a thumbs up, rate it, leave a comment or engage with your peers on social media using the hashtag Capital Musings. This is very important to us because it helps get the podcast well known by other peers that may share similar interests like you. So share it with your peers, share it with your colleagues, talk about it, talk to us. We always review all your comments, which are many, and we're really grateful for your continued support. So I wish you a a wonderful rest of the day if it's morning for you guys or a restful evening if it's later in the day. And thank you again for joining in on Capital Musings and until next time, take care.